The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Monday morning to you. It is January 30th. 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Almost the last day of the month, last day January, tomorrow. So it is the last Monday in January. And I might say a very cold Monday in January. Yeah. You know, David, when I woke up this morning, I do my whole routine and I went to grab my coat and I went... Oh, it was it was supposed to get real cold. And sure enough, my backyard thermometer that, you know, registers in the house, two zero, twenty degrees yeah. in my backyard. Yeah, you're not alone. Wow. That, that is, is uh <laughs> that's a lot of cold. Warming shelters are up. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of people were doing things to make sure that their homes were taken care of. Yeah. It's pretty cold in Portland today. If you're on the other side of the mountains, the other side of the Cascades, it's even colder. I Is was it? just checking. Like Hood River? Bend. Oh, bend. Zero. What? <laughs> yes. That's cold. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. is. that's. They said that Arctic air was supposed to come down. I think it showed up a little bit later because they really thought that we would get a little bit of snow or wintry mix on Saturday. Yeah. None. The rain had already moved out, at least in Vancouver, by the time the cold air arrived. And so everything was just dry and cold by uh, Sunday morning. Yeah, it is. So if you are getting ready to head out this morning, I might suggest a very warm jacket, a hat, some gloves. Be prepared. Yeah, and and get out there early because if your car is parked out in the front yard, uh, Christian, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to get out and scrape your windshield. There is ice on a lot of things. Yeah, it's uh, it's cold. So I noticed coming up here too. Thankfully, the uh, crews were out because they had laid down some mm-hmm. de-icer on the roads. But if you're in the outlying areas and there are no de-icers, yeah, be be careful out there driving today. Okay, uh, it could yeah. be a little slick in some locations been pretty dry, so hopefully there's not okay. a lot of frozen moisture on the road, but you never know. You don't. Now, we've got a little uh, frozen spot. Did you hit it on the driveway I coming in this morning? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what is leaking. There is a pole or a post or some kind of a line that's, oh, just north of our property, and it constantly is running water yeah. down the gutter. It's all frozen. It always now, has water coming out. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, but it's it, draining something. Yeah, and it does freeze. And so now it's frozen. I did kind of feel it this morning. I'm like, ooh, that's like a, a lot of right ice. There. Yeah, so, you got to kind of turn in slowly. That's so, it? Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, there you All have right. it. So cold. Well, we are back. I got to say, before we get too far in, a huge thank you to the sisters at Our Lady of Peace Retreat. They hosted Mater Day Radio yesterday for our Texas barbecue. It was part of our last share right, right. And so we had an incredible meal. And they were so able to help us and offered us the facility. And we just felt so welcome there. And a really, really wonderful time. Uh, Father Julia was there. The vocations director said mass for us. And it was just a uh, hooting, boot kicking (laughs) kind of a time there yesterday at Our Lady of Peace. They're so wonderful. Oh, And then when it was all over, we were kind of getting the dishes back in and I go back into the kitchen and there's about 15 nuns back there just laughing and and doing dishes with us. And I'm like, wow, you... 
guys are awesome. They are amazing. It was a good day. Our Lady of Peace Retreat House, again, I've always mentioned this to folks, if you've never been out there, pay them a visit. I mean, it's beautiful. It's out. It's not that far out in Beaverton. I mean, no, not, not at all. And it's just a beautiful gem of a property out there. You can walk around back. You can check in at the front. They have a gift shop right yeah. there. Oh, everybody was checking out the gift shop yeah. for sure. So it's just a great place. So if you've never been to Our Lady of Peace Retreat House, please check it out. It's wonderful. Right out in Beaverton. Right I think we're at 170th. It, yeah, yeah. Right about 170. We just yeah. went right past Valley Catholic. Yeah, TV, high, TV, TV highway. highway. About yep. 170th on. If you're heading west, it's on your right-hand side. So Waze took us back where we went from Our Lady of Peace. We went right by uh, Nike headquarters. Yeah, right. And the kids were amazed. I'm like, that's the Nike campus. And they're like, what do you mean, campus? And I'm like, all it's, of that, all of that. Yeah. It's a campus of buildings for Nike. And they're, it's pretty nice out there. And the drive yesterday, boy. The weather was beautiful and clear. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a great day. Fantastic. So anyway, but beautiful. So thank you to the sisters. And we're on to a Monday now. What do you got coming All right, up? Let's do this. Well, David, it's just too big for one day of celebration. Nath- National Catholic Schools, they get a whole week to celebrate faith, service, and excellence. Began yesterday, so I'll talk more about it. All right, and we'll talk a little bit more about the weather, warming shelters, all coming up. All right, we got a great show ahead for you on this Monday morning. Here is Cooper Ray. We come alive, and we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mozart Day Radio. We stood in this land with the dust upon our hands in the dry of a desert we called home You moved in your love From our death you lifted us Breath of life Resurrecting these dry bones You breathe in us Give us strength we never
Friday is Cooper Ray, and we come alive. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this cold Monday morning. Let me underline that, cold Monday morning. Very, very chilly, yes. Very cold. Hey, we're going to talk globalization with Michael Davis. We'll do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, Please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just days away. Get ready for this special season in the church with help from Mater Dei Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic reflections that will enrich your life. Mater Dei Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the Pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and MaterDayRadio.com or call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 713 at Day Radio. Well, it is cold out there, if we haven't told you that already. I was looking at just kind of fun to check temperatures around the state. Burns, Oregon. 
Minus nine. Oh, that's man. Cold. That's cold. That is really cold. <laughs> well, it is going to be sunny, though. That's the upside to it all. It's very clear out right now. Beautiful skies as we look outside. We'll have a high of just 38 degrees today. A few clouds rolling later tonight. Low, though, 25. Then mostly cloudy for Tuesday, a high of 41. Then Tuesday night, 28. We get to midweek, and the temperatures start to slowly rise. Kind of start rising up. We're kind of looking like 30s, though, right on through the week, at least the low temperatures. Wow. Well, and I left my home this morning. It was 20 degrees. Now in my backyard in Vancouver, yes. it is 22 degrees. All right. It is 19 degrees at St. Matthew's Church in Hillsborough. Well, in a standalone podcast, Common Sense on Social Justice, host Michael Davis will begin a journey recently to break open the work of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI encyclical, Charity in Truth. Well, this week, Michael tackles the concept of globalization and the injustices that Benedict says arise out of it. That is a big topic, and Michael is here to break it open a little bit more for us. Good morning, Michael. Great to talk with you. Yeah, good morning, Brenda. Good to see you again. Michael, you've covered Pope Emeritus Benedict's encyclical now for a few weeks. Now, we know the great mind that Benedict had and was. His theology was so deep. So are you getting the sense, maybe a little bit about his heart for social concerns, the injustices in the world? I mean, he was a man of deep thought, so he can be complex. Yeah, I kind of have to ask myself what I was thinking, (laughs) tackling this encyclical. But I mean, his man was brilliant. Mm. But... It breaks down to this. So he thinks in terms of social justice, that charity and truth. So you've got charity based in truth. So that means that I'm going to be charitable to you as a human being, but I have to know what that looks like for you. In order to know what that looks like for you, I have to know the truth of the situation. In order to know the truth of the situation, then it comes down to the root relationship. So if I have a somewhat of a relationship with you as a human being, then the truth comes out of your needs. And then I can then apply charity in the podcast this week about like random acts of kindness, which don't work because you don't know the person. Oh, okay. So maybe you're not, maybe you're actually doing damage to that person by helping them in a certain situation. Well, that is some deep thought for sure. And Michael talks more about it in this week's Stand Alone podcast. So globalization, I mean, this is a big, we think mm-hmm. big globalization and how, you know, one nation influences another, mm-hmm. how corporations looking to grow their margins start to find ways that they can do that by affecting other people. Mm-hmm. What is the globalizations that are causing these injustices and how are they affecting these poor people in poorer countries. Yeah, so in globalization, basically there's a common world economy that's happening, common world politic that's happening. Now, a lot of people have feared a one world government run by an antichrist. But the fact is we already have that one world government. It's run by the corporations. Uh, the, The corporations run it. And what happens is corporations, as Pope Benedict XVI brings out, their whole motive is profit, more and more bigger profits. And therefore, they in globalization, it has allowed them to really have unlimited supply to money. And then through that, they exploit human beings, they exploit the earth, and therefore create um, more poverty, more famine, 
more hunger rather than producing good for humans. Michael, globalization, and it can be used in very good ways to solve many kinds of problems uh, of poverty, but it it seems like now it's creating more. Mm -hmm. And technology, while could help a lot of this also, not being used for the good. Mm -hmm. So, So how can these things be used in a better way? So that way it does look to the needs of the poorest people and also serves and benefits countries in better ways. Well, Pope Benedict XVI is actually excited about the prospects of globalization, uh, but he's also aware that none of them have been have happened because one key element has been removed from globalization, that is God. <laughs> so you're left to money. Uh, as as the God. Now, he talks in the first paragraph of chapter two about Pope Paul VI and how Pope Paul VI had a very clear vision for globalization because, you know, Pope Paul VI was in the 1960s, so he saw globalization at its infancy, you know. So he saw, you know, here's what could really happen. We could really solve some problems of hunger and poverty because now we're able to bring our resources together as humans, solve these. But Pope Benedict XVI said, yeah, yeah, look what happened. <laughs> yeah. And then you say and also bring out in this podcast about how man's notion of himself is being top dog. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know of what course, happens. Yeah. Top dog you know, gets the most, the largest share of everything. And Pope Benedict says, yeah, we're not top dog, but -hmm. we've got to think differently. Mm -hmm. In what way do we do that? Well, we have to confront a very big lie that we have believed as humans and and realize that we're really seeing Charles Darwin's um, uh, survival of the fittest in full bloom now. It's just dog eat dog, whichever country can come out and talk. Yeah, and so um, how do we do it? First, we have to confront the lie. And then we really, we've got to somehow, we've got to just pray and uh, pray more that human hearts will change. Mm -hmm. There's not enough laws and policies and regulations we could put in place, especially in a global economy that could even possibly get to solutions. I think in our parishes, especially, if we could just get our people praying again pray 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 and for the change of the human heart oh and uh, you can't there's no laws that you can put into effect that would require that heart to change but mm-hmm. for prayer it is the only way to do that and then michael as always on your show you discuss these larger issues so that we might be able to act on them within our own neighborhoods mm-hmm. right yeah. so how do we take globalization and then work it in our own city for the good of everybody. Yeah, so the whole premise, right? Bring about justice in your own neighborhood. Now, in globalization, that happens right in your neighborhood. So if you bring a Walmart, for example, into your neighborhood and allow that Walmart to establish itself in your neighborhood, you've got globalization right there because uh, the products are being obtained internationally. The money is not going into your neighborhood. It's going to Arkansas, to the headquarters, which then is going to the stockholders all around the globe. And so by that presence of that company in your neighborhood, you could, if you were to put down some demands that they would agree to, you could see people in other countries 
receive just wages and come out of poverty and have jobs by providing these products to the store in your neighborhood. Or on the other hand, you could be inadvertently bringing about child exploitation, all kinds of things. So recognizing that while these large corporations, while they create jobs, they also have to recognize and demand that just wages, fair trade, those types of things Mm -hmm. are in place. We have them in our own country. Mm -hmm. We should demand them of others as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And, you know, so let's pay attention within our neighborhood. Let's pay attention to the jobs that are coming into our neighborhood. Let's pay attention to the companies, the stores, those kinds of things, because, uh, you know, maybe me um, growing a garden in my backyard and sharing the produce with my neighbors, that does not have international ramifications. But the things going on, the activities in my neighborhood definitely do. All right. Always things to remember. And Michael, we are always grateful for you well, to bring these forward in your podcast. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, I enjoyed it. Thank you. And again, that is Michael Davis. So his standalone podcast is Common Sense on Social Justice. You have access to that podcast on our webpage at matradayradio.com. You can also find it on all of the major podcast platforms, as well as the Hail Mary media app. And it is 723 at Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this chilly Monday morning. Well, if you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, looking for a way to support Mater Day Radio, well, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Really a quick and easy process. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page and uh, just a couple forms to fill out. Need a couple pieces of information. You're good to go, and it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program. You can find it on our website at materdayradio.com or through the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpointpointe.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Toddlers are really cute until they don't get what they want. Then they throw things, stomp their feet, and scream. There's a toddler inside your head, you know. It's cute until your life doesn't go your way. 
Then that inner voice yells, screams, and kicks until you're exhausted. The best thing to do with a toddler who's having a tantrum isn't to engage that tantrum head on, it's to divert her attention to something else. The same is true with that little voice in your head. Look, maybe you're feeling disappointed by life events, expectations that weren't met, hurt by someone you love. It's okay to feel pain. But once your mind starts kicking and screaming and locking you in a cycle of dark, negative thinking, it's time to disengage. Use your will to direct your thinking in a different direction. And as St. Paul said, set your mind on things above. Things that lift you up instead of dragging you down. Things that fill you with life instead of deflating you. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Hi, everyone. This is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. Morning may have broken, but don't fret. David and Brenda can fix it. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 727 and Mater Day Radio, and we'll give you an update on this cold weather that's coming up in the news. And it's just too big for one day of celebration. It's time to celebrate our Catholic schools. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is I Am They, Your Love Is Mine. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
and that is I am they, your love is mine. It's 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, well, this is definitely one of the colder mornings of the year. Temperatures are well below freezing in most locations throughout the region. In the 20s and teens, up and down the Willamette Valley, southwest Washington, on the eastern side of the Cascades, Ben checks in at zero. Multnomah County officials opened additional warming shelters yesterday, increasing the number of overnight beds across five locations to 400, according to a statement from the county. Now, all of the shelters are pet-friendly. Those in need of transportation can call 211 or ride TriMet for free if they can't pay their fare. Around 220 people sought refuge at the shelters, and four people were treated for hypothermia in Portland Saturday night. Clackamas and Washington counties also have warming shelters available. We're not alone with the wintry weather. More than 40 million people from Texas to West Virginia are under winter weather alerts Monday as the system threatens heavy precipitation, significant icing, and bitter cold. Yeah, it's bitter cold for Mm -hmm. sure out there. So just take those few extra minutes, dress warmly, uh, make sure the pets are taken care of and family. So be ready. Well, Pope Francis is set to travel to the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan tomorrow. Now, both are countries torn and crippled by violence, division, and the fostering wounds of colonialism. Now, answering questions regarding security in the two African nations, the director of the Holy See Press Office, Matteo Brunei, said there is no specific threat in either country. Brunei also affirmed that local authorities have put all security measures in place to guarantee the safety of everyone. He noted that the Holy Father will visit the DRC from January 31st to February 3rd and then spend two days in South Sudan with the Archbishop of Canterbury and the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland on an ecumenical pilgrimage for peace before returning to the Vatican. This journey, Brunei added, will be Pope Francis' 40th apostolic visit abroad. And at its, at its conclusion, he will have visited 60 countries. Wow. He's got a lot of stamps in his passport. No doubt. Well, National Catholic Schools Week began yesterday and runs this entire week. It's annually celebrated in the United States to promote the exceptional education that comes with functioning as a Catholic school. Now, here in the Archdiocese of Portland, there are three mission and Catholic identity goals. First, every archdiocesan high school and parish elementary school will employ the national standards and benchmarks for effective Catholic elementary and secondary schools, specifically the defining characteristics of Catholic schools and the Western Catholic Education Association accreditation process. Secondly, continue to implement the faith formation program for faculty, staff, and parents. And thirdly, clarify and articulate the expected relationship between Catholic schools and all parishes. Now, the theme for National Catholic Schools Week for 2023 is Catholic schools, faith, service, and excellence. I love it. I remember Catholic Schools Week just because every day at St. Joe's when my kids were going there, there was a theme. Mm -hmm. And Grandparents Day always fell somewhere in there. And ah, the kids were so excited to have Nana D and Papa come and visit them. And uh, 
It's always such a great time in Catholic schools during this week. No doubt. Well, it has been a tough ride of late for comedian Jay Leno, literally. Leno announced that he is now recovering from a motorcycle crash that broke his collarbone, several ribs, and cracked both kneecaps. He said it happened when he was test riding one of his prized vintage motorcycles when he noticed the smell of leaking gas. He turned down a side street to pull over, and when he cut through a parking lot, he hit an unmarked wire that was strung across the driveway, threw him off his bike. Oh, no. Yeah. You may recall that the former host of The Tonight Show was hospitalized in November for burns sustained while working on one of his vintage cars. So Leno is set to return to performing in Las Vegas in March. Ouch. That that sounds really, really painful. Mm. And so we pray for a swift recovery. <laughs> you're, you're feeling your body like, ooh, that oh. would just feel terrible. Oh, he's yeah. had a tough go of late. For sure. Well, thousands of miles away from Memphis, Portlanders felt the effect of Tyree Nichols' tragic death. Small groups of protesters took to the streets Friday night to demand justice as city leaders urged safety and peace. Now, more than 100 protesters gathered at Northeast Portland near the Oregon Convention Center. The group of protesters ended up under the Burnside Bridge, where another group of protesters were honoring Nichols at the skate park, which he was an avid skateboard. Now, earlier Friday afternoon, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, Police Chief Chuck Lovell, and other local leaders held a press conference and condemned the actions of Memphis police officers involved in the fatal beating of Nichols during a January 7th traffic stop. Nichols, 29 years old, died three days later after the incident. Lovell called the officers' actions shocking and unconscionable and praised the Memphis police chief for quickly taking action in the case. Now, five of the officers involved in the incidents have been charged with second-degree murder and other crimes. Portland NAACP chapter president James Posey and former state senator Margaret Carter both spoke as well, echoing the condemnation of the incident and the calls for peaceful protest. Well, in sports, Super Bowl 57 matchup is now set. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs on February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. Lineup was finalized after yesterday's conference finals. The Eagles won the NFC title in dominant fashion, trouncing my San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. 31-7. So the Niners were like down to their fourth quarterback. They, it was just, it, you cannot overcome injuries like that, no. and then and then do work strongly yeah. on the field. I mean, they just looked battered. Yeah, they were. <laughs> uh, the AFC Championship went right down to the wire as Kansas City beat the Cincinnati Bengals twenty-three to twenty on a last-second field goal. So, Kansas City, they were beat up too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, their great quarterback, he was hobbled with a bad ankle, but he. He persevered, and they were down to like their last three receivers were all banged up. And not to mention, it was like four degrees. The feels like four degrees on the field. It was just frigid in Kansas City, and it was a night game there, so didn't help matters. But they ended up winning last second field goal. So that uh, was an incredible field goal uh, with a little bit of help from a penalty. That's right. That got them the 15 yards closer they needed with eight seconds left. It's hard to lose that way. That poor. uh, uh, player for Cincinnati. Yeah, he, was, he, he was distraught on the bench. He, he was. Yeah, so, he was. Anyway, that's the way it goes. Uh, so Kansas City, Philadelphia. 
Right now, the Eagles, just a slight favorite. I think they're about a two-point favorite going okay. in. A couple weeks to go, Feb 12th. So we'll see how Mahomes, if he heals up a little bit. Uh, and uh, With this lineup, David, I will be uh, switching channels between the Super Bowl, watching their commercials, and uh, Puppy Bowl. I'm going to be watching all of them. I, I don't really... Um, have an opinion as yeah. to who I think should win. It's not, uh, don't have a dog in the fight, so All to right. speak. There you go. Well, according to a recent study from Workamajig, Portland is the most creative city in Oregon and the third most creative city in all of the United States. Hey, how about that? Now, researchers evaluated factors such as museums per capita, the number of artists and musicians per capita, and the number of film and music festivals. Per capita. Now, all of those factors earn Portland its number three ranking on the list creative cities. Now, that is right behind Atlanta huh. at number one, Miami at number two. Interesting. Hmm. I would, I would, I can see Portland. I think anybody could see Portland as a creative city, but I'm not sure about Atlanta and Miami. Yeah, I so. don't know. But that's what they came up with. Now, cities including Los Angeles, Chicago, and Lansing, Michigan, probably for their music, round out the top 10. Now, because of Portland's reputation for being weird and artsy, Workamajig said that the city is a hub for all types of artists. And this is supported by the many events and locations where Portlanders get a look at or listen to or make their own art. Now, outside of places like the Portland Art Museum, the Schnitzer Museum, or the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, there are still several spots around town to look at murals and street art. The Alberta Art District is oh, yeah. one neighborhood that's lined with paintings, and the Portland Street Art Alliance even has its own map that helps people find street art. Very cool. That's it. Number three. That's a good place to be. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this evening at 7 o'clock p.m., there is the But for the Grace of God presentation, the Fireside Room at St. Henry's Parish in Gresham. Now, the Justice and Peace Committee at St. Henry's Parish invites all to a free presentation by three panelists who will share what is being done in our community to address the issues of homelessness and help those living on the streets. Attendees will also have an opportunity to ask questions. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to our community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, despite how cold it is, we're going to head up to Mount Hood and go camping at Camp Howard. At least in our minds, we're going to do that. That's right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. 
Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. right here at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you haven't realized it yet, it's a cold morning and temperatures across the region are well below freezing. So add a little extra time this morning to warm up your car. You might be scraping some ice off the windshield. Now, lots of sunshine, though, will fill the sky. Daytime highs getting us up to near 40 degrees today. That's quite a bit of swing from our starting temperatures. Overnight, we cool way back down to the 20s again. And then on Tuesday... Hides back to 40 degrees. As we move through the week, yeah, we're slowly going to warm up. David, we talked about this, and mm-hmm. looks like the next chance of rain is hitting late in the week into the weekend. So, All right. All right. Watch for that. 21 degrees at Marist High School in Eugene. And it is 23 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church here in Portland. It's faith in action. Time to check in with the Catholic Youth Organization. Well, even though summer is down the road just a bit, you can still start planning for those dips in the pool and late-night campfires. That's what CYO's Camp Howard staff is doing. Joining us this morning to get us ready for those beautiful days ahead is CYO's Summer Camp Director, Peggy English. Good morning, Peggy. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? Uh, doing very well, and I, I got to believe that uh, it's probably a little chilly up at Camp Howard this morning. Oh, it's very cold up there, but look at the weather we're having. The blue skies are nice. It reminds me of summertime. Oh, it really does. It's beautiful up there. Do you get a chance to get up to Camp Howard at all much during the winter months? Oh, yeah, yeah. We do our in-person weekly meetings up there, and um, occasionally we'll have other events up there. We recently had a job fair up there. Oh, nice. Is it, yeah. is, do you have, do you have snow on the ground typically? Um, not always. It just depends if it's falling in Welch's, it's generally falling at camp. Gotcha. Yep. I hear that. So, but the good news is, I mean, you guys have already opened up registration for camping season. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And it is going swiftly. I mean, if I was to give any advice today is 
get those registrations in because some of our sessions are starting to fill up. Uh, that That's great to hear. That just speaks to the popularity of the camp and how folks really look forward to that. I, I know as a... Uh, when my kids were younger and you know you just seemed like earlier and earlier you wanted to get signed up just because it does get busy as the season gets closer to camping season so that's that's certainly good advice so talk a little bit about the sessions this year it looks like you've added a week yeah we did you know just like across the united states camp howard is facing staffing shortages and it became trickier and trickier to find enough counselors that summer in fact for the first time in our history, we had to um, reduce registrations midway through the summer because of staffing. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, actually, I got to give the credit to Sister Krista. She came up with this brilliant idea. We're going to reduce capacity for each week of camp. um, So we need less staff, but then we added a seventh week to accommodate all the campers that would like to come up. Oh, that's a great idea. Absolutely. That that works out just fine, certainly. So when are the camping sessions started? I guess give us a few of the logistics, how to, how to register, those sorts of things. Yeah, so our regular camp starts right after the 4th of July. Uh, that first week, because 4th of July is early in the week, it's a shorter week. We call it our mini week. So it's a good opportunity for kids that aren't sure they want to go away for an entire week quite yet, they can get a taste of it for a couple of nights. So that first week, mini week, and then sessions two through seven are full weeks. We start on the 5th of July and we go through the 18th of August. Excellent. And so all of those camping weeks now, you can register online for those? Absolutely. They're all up and going. And in fact, our family camp weekend is open for registration. And that weekend is such a fun weekend. You have to try it sometime. Uh, Families come up, they get their own private cabin. Um, They get to do all the fun activities together as a family. They get to meet other Catholic families, which is exciting. And then we cook all the meals for you do all the dishes so who wouldn't love that and that is june 30th through july 3rd oh that that is fantastic i got to believe that's pretty popular for parents who want to get up and do some camping with their kids it's a sellout weekend for sure there's still room now but as we get closer it will sell out yeah. All right. We're again, we're speaking with Peggy English. She is the summer camp director at Camp Howard as they get set for another camping season that begins July 5th. Well, let's talk a little bit about staffing and hiring, because I know you are looking for folks who want to be a part of the CYO staff at Camp Howard. Talk a little bit about your needs there. We are looking for young people who are excited about working with youth and giving them an amazing week at summer camp. And um, we start hiring at age 15. They work primarily in our kitchen, in our dish room. But then we take counselors at age 17. We have relief counselors that kind of give breaks to the regular counselors who can be age 16. But um, we, we put so many tools in their toolbox, as we like to say. They learn a lot of leadership and um, skills, and we give them a full comprehensive training on their job, and it's good work experience. Plus, 
who doesn't want to be at a camp in the summer when the weather is perfect? Yes, yeah, sign me up. That sounds that sounds awesome. Do you do you take volunteers as well? We do. That was something we started last year. Um, parents could come up and volunteer for a week, either working in our kitchen or as a cabin counselor, and they earned a discount on their campers' camp fees. And we, oh, we just got the cream of the crop last year. So many great volunteers came up and made a huge difference. They were a big part of our success last summer. Oh, that's great. So tell folks how they can either sign up for a job and uh, application and then volunteers. What's the best way to do that? Um, they can go on our Camp Howard website at cyocamphoward.org. And there's a link on the homepage to apply for a job. If you'd like to be a part of the volunteer program, just reach out to me directly at PeggyE at CYOCampHoward.org. And I would be so happy to talk to you about it. I do have a page on the website with more information, but there's always questions that don't get answered on the website that I'm happy to personally answer. Sure. You know, I'm looking on your website right now, and it's wonderful because you have all of these open positions listed. So, folks, if you go to the website, you can really get a sense of what the needs are and and how to apply. Peggy English, she is the Summer Camp Director at CYO's Camp Howard. Peggy, thank you so much for joining us again. The website's CYOCampHoward.org. I know we'll talk to you again soon, so have a blessed day. You as well. And it is 7.52 here at Mater Day Radio. Oh, the idea of a warm camp memory, it. a dream in your mind this mm, morning. Doesn't that sound great? That sounds really nice. How wonderful to have the camp. I mean, that what a great resource. And her, uh, you know, Peggy, Sister Krista, all their team just yep. worked so hard to provide really a great camp. Now, it's time to plan ahead. That's it. I am notorious for this, waiting till the last minute, and then you find out, oh, there's these groups that are going, we should go, and then there's no room, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So just go to their website sometime over the next week and look and see what they have available. Get it in your calendar and start that sign-up process for your kids, for the family camp. That's That'd be a great time, family camp, too. Yeah, and if you have teens that are looking for a summer job, there, there you go. There you go. I, I mean, it's just really such a great program for sure. So uh, as uh, Peggy talked about, there's all kinds of things available on their webpage that'll give you all of that information. So if you go to our webpage, matradayradio.com, maybe you're doing a little surfing online today, check out our webpage because you're you're going to be able to find the podcast of that interview you just heard. I will be sure to put that information. That'll get you right to CYO. And check out all of our other great resources while you're there. We've got the prayer hotline. We've got our programming schedule that gives you all of the list of what's coming up on Mater Day Radio throughout the day. You're also going to have access to those great standalone podcasts like on the go, David, I know you had just recently a great conversation with Michael Kissinger yeah, talking awesome. about a little jazz music, your favorite I love it. genre, uh-huh. I think. <laughs> so definitely look at all of that information on our webpage. And of course, you can download the Hail Mary Media app. has all the same information for you right there. It's handy to use. Plus, you have access to that incredible prayer library of both text and audio prayers, even a few video prayers that you can look at too while you pray. You can find all of that too at on our 
Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, translator K235BF Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. Have you decided that this is the year? Well, you're going to get a few things done to make it memorable. Well, one of those things can be to support Mater Day Radio when you shop for the cause. With your everyday purchases through Amazon Smiles or Fred Meyer Community Rewards, a percentage will go to support great Catholic programming. Sign up is quick and easy. Just go to our webpage for all the information at materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 757 at Mater Day Radio, and we'll have the latest COVID numbers for you coming up in the news. And a common issue that plagues many older people, well, was also an issue for Pope Benedict that led partially to his resignation. We'll discuss insomnia coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Today's saint bears a story that feels a little bit like the beginning of a fairy tale. Saint Balthild of Shell had a life that was nothing short of incredible. Born sometime around 626, she was presumably an Anglo-Saxon Christian, possibly of noble birth. At a young age, she was captured and sold as a slave in Gaul. Noticing her beauty and pious nature, she was purchased by the mayor of Neustria, who made her his cupbearer. Beltilde was so pleasant in manners, humility, and virtue that the mayor decided to make her his wife. But this was not what Beltilde wanted, so she avoided the marriage by dressing herself in rags and hiding from her master until he eventually chose to marry another woman. Years later, the Frankish king Clovis II visited Neustria Palace, where he fell in love with the beautiful and dignified Beltilde. He consequently asked for her hand in marriage, and this time, she she did not run and hide. The young king married Beltilde, raising the slave girl to the status of queen. Despite her new status, she is said to have maintained a pious and humble attitude, always keenly aware that her first duty was always to serve the Lord. The king entrusted to her management of the court and control of charitable funds, 
which she generously spent in service of the church and the poor. Balthild became the mother of three future kings, Clothar, Thuderic, and Kilderic. And when her husband died around 657, she became the queen regent until her eldest son came of age to take his father's throne. As queen ruler, Beltild was famous for her compassionate legislation, enacting laws that reduced taxes, stopped the purchasing of leadership status in the church, and prevented the buying and selling of Christian slaves. According to legend, she was known to purchase slaves from the markets in order to give them their freedom. She also purportedly gave away her own gold and silver to help the poor, donated royal lands to the church, and even had a huge convent built at Shell near Paris. Some sources differ on the timeline and even the exact reason for her retirement, but sometime around 665, presumably when her son ascended to the throne, she gave up her queenly powers and withdrew to her convent in Shell. At the convent, she lived a humble and pious life of virtue where she willingly served her sisters in the kitchen and even cleaned the latrines. When she became ill and it was clear that she was dying, she had a dream of herself ascending the staircase to heaven to receive her eternal reward. She died at the age of 50 in the year 680. Reports of miracles began surrounding her tomb, including one story of a boy who was miraculously delivered from demonic possession. Beltild had an incredible life journey from powerless slave to powerful queen, and she never ceased to recognize the responsibility that came with that power. Her story is a reminder that no matter your status in life, you should never stop serving. May we learn from her example and recognize that each of us has a responsibility to impact the world around us with the love of Christ. St. Beltild of Shell, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, according to papal biographer Peter Sewald, chronic insomnia ultimately led Pope Benedict XVI's decision to resign in 2013. Now, in his last letter to the biographer dated October 28, 2022, Benedict wrote the central motive for his resignation from office was insomnia. Seawad said this according to a January 27th report by Catholic News Agency. Now, the pontiff who died December 31st, 2022, also wrote that insomnia had accompanied him continuously since World Youth Day in Cologne. That was in 2005. Now, since the rumors and speculations about Benedict's resignation have not died down, Seawald said he was obliged to publish the decisive details entrusted to him about the med medical history of the Pope. Now, the biographer said that Benedict XVI had used sleeping pills, and the Pope's personal physician ordered Benedict to reduce his intake of sleeping pills and stress that he should only attend public appointments in the morning when traveling abroad. Seawall said on his account, Benedict's reasoned he should make way for a new Pope who would be better able to attend World Youth Day that was happening in Rio de Janeiro in 2013. Hmm. So we hear of that real common for people who are older right. now, uh, that, that sleep and insomnia is just such a difficult thing for them. Of course, you place on top of their shoulders the spiritual well-being of the entire world. 
I mean, yeah. you can understand how Pope Benedict really could suffer from that. Remember, it was on Friday that we did the story about that study on exactly. sleeping pills. Yeah. Well, some promising news on the COVID front. Oregon health officials reported flat coronavirus case numbers this past week and declining hospitalizations with potential for reductions into March. The state recorded 2,174 new reported COVID-19 cases this past week. That's just a single-digit increase over the previous week, and that keeps the average daily caseload around 300 known cases, although that does not take into account at-home tests that go unreported. Forecasters previously believed that the most recent Omicron subvariant would spread fast, and drive up hospitalizations into February. They're not so sure anymore, given the subvariant still does not appear to be spreading nearly as fast in the Pacific Northwest as in the Northeast. That's good news. That is very mm-hmm. good news. Well, the Vatican has recognized the miraculous metal shrine located in the Germantown neighborhood of Philadelphia as the city's second basilica, elevating its status to a minor basilica this week. Now, the shrine created by the Vicentians in 1927 under the leadership of Father Joseph Skelly is now known as the Basilica Shrine of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. According to a news release from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, the elevation of a basilica grants the shrine certain privileges and responsibilities, such as the celebration of the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter, the Solemnity of the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul, and the anniversary of the Pope's election into pastoral ministry. Now, basilicas also have the authority to grant plenary indulgences, which removes all temporal consequences of one's sin. This is distinct from a partial indulgence, which only removes part of the temporal consequences. Now, this designation also recognizes the shrine as a historical landmark, according to the Archdiocese. There are 91 other basilicas in the United States, and the shrine was the first American church to be granted the title this year. There were two churches granted the recognition of basilica last year. Oh, 91. Right. I'm, I'm going to go on a visit for, to see all Every of them. Every one of them. Every one. I'm just going like to do that. a whole loop. All right. Now, this is a pretty amazing discovery in Egypt. Archaeologists there say they have uncovered what could be the world's oldest mummy, which they say dates back 4,300 years. So a team of 10 discovered the mummified man 66 feet underground in the shadow of the ancient steppe pyramid of Dozier in the village of Saqqara. Now, the mummy was entombed in a 25-ton stone coffin in one of the shafts the team entered. When the team opened the lid, what do you think happened? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I just can't even get beyond the fact that yes. they opened the lid. I know. I've said this before. I've seen that movie. I know exactly mm-hmm. how it ends when you <laughs> open up a sarcophagus. Well, they opened the lid and they found the mummy covered in layers of gold with the band on the head and a bracelet on the chest, which indicates it was a rich man. Another stone coffin, similar to the one with the mummified wealthy man, was also unearthed and will be opened in the coming days. So the step pyramid near where the mummy was found was the first pyramid that the ancient Egyptians ever built, dating back to around 2600 B.C. I'm like you. It's (laughs) like when you're going to open that lid... Don't, uh, yeah. oh, you, don't. You, you've watched too many movies. I have yes, watched too it. many <laughs> movies. And, you know, is it is it life imitating art yeah. or the other way around? 
Uh, either way, I don't want to yeah. unleash anything. <laughs> Well, ahead of a planned strike on Thursday, dozens of members of LIUNA laborers joined together in a rally on Saturday outside Portland City Hall after the city and union failed to agree to a new contract terms after 10 months of negotiations. More than 600 Portland workers in the wastewater, parks and transportation fields planned to strike on February 2nd starting at midnight. Now, the group of workers plan to go on strike, according to the unions, include about 280 Bureau of Transportation workers, from concrete finishers to asphalt rakers to utility workers, about 200 parks and recreation workers, that's park technicians and turf technicians, horticulturalists and park rangers. Then there's about 100 Bureau of Environmental Service workers, namely sewage and wastewater employees. Other city employees include fleet and vehicle workers. The city and the union are at an impasse over pay, specifically cost of living increases and raises that reflect rising inflation. All right. Well, in sports, Portland Trailblazers wrap up their six-game homestand tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. That tips off at 7 o'clock. Blazers lost to Toronto on Saturday evening. College basketball yesterday, both the Oregon and Oregon State women's teams got beat in the Bay Area. The Ducks fell to Stanford and the Beavers to Cal. Novak Djokovic won (laughs) the Australian Open Men's Tennis Championships early yesterday morning in dominant fashion. Did not get up to watch it because I think it began like at 12.30 a.m. And so with the time change in Melbourne, he defeated Stefanos Tsitsipas in three straight sets to claim his 22nd Grand Slam crown. That ties him now at the top with Rafael Nadal. Over the course of the two-week tournament, Djokovic only lost one set. Wow. I mean, that so, is incredible. Uh, it just seems like the writing was on the wall. Yeah. He was in top form, just taking down his opponents. and Yeah, yeah. amazing. Three sets in the finals compared <laughs> to, I mean, you've seen those, you know, just long three oh, yeah. and four hours that goes, you know, five Five, five sets, sets back and forth. Five hours. Just, no, he he just he just crushed. He was ready so, to win. We'll see. So he's now tied with Rafael Nadal. Can he become the all-time winner? Well, he's younger too, yeah, so he has. You know, a, he's going to try. A really good chance. Uh, Arena Sabalenka won the women's title, by the way. Well, in recent years, the historically Catholic nation of France has fallen into a crisis of faith. With a high rate of reported anti-Christian incidences and consistent bids for secularization in the government, including a bid to enshrine a constitutional right to abortion, the situation only became exacerbated when Notre Dame caught fire and burned in April of 2019. Now the French faithful are rallying around the Maid of Orleans for a time of renewal. David, do you know who the Maid of Orleans is? The Maid of Orleans. I do not. That would be St. Joan of Arc. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. right. Now, at the tail end of 2022, a group of about a dozen faithful in communion with the bishops launched a nine-year novena to St. Joan of Arc with the goal of renewing the nation's vocation as the eldest daughter of the church. France will offer prayers for St. Joan's intercession until the sixth centennial anniversary of her death, and that's in 2031. They're inviting Catholics around the world to join them. 
So each of the nine years going to focus on another aspect of St. Joan's faithful witness, aspects of which are shared by the French Catholic identity. Now, in this first year, France will honor St. Joan's availability and obedience to the will of God. Then subsequent years will be on the topics of caution, courage, hope, patriotism, charity and justice, the practice of the sacraments, purity, and then finally, that of patience. Hmm. I think that's fantastic. Of course, we have that beautiful gold statue of Joan of Arc right here in Portland. That's right. Of all places. It's wonderful. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Thursday at 5 o'clock p.m. is Why Love Matters online event. Please join Catholic Charities of Oregon for an evening of virtual storytelling and theological reflection focusing on Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical on love, Deus Caritas Est. This is co-hosted by Sarah Granger, Senior Development Advisor, Ed Longwa, the Communications Director with Personal Reflections from Archbishop Sample. You can find more details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, you're going to hear an incredible story, really, about a couple stations of the cross at St. Patrick's Church in Northwest Portland. Father Tim Furlow, the pastor there, going to join us. Tell us about it right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Find the peace you need by joining Monterey Radio and the Benedictine Monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Monterey Radio's live broadcast, podcast of all our original programming, including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click MontredayRadio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app from Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 813 at Day Radio. Going to be cold today, only a high of 38 degrees, although we will see some sunny skies. Mostly cloudy overnight, low of 25, and then cloudy again for Tuesday, a high of 41. Currently, it is 20 degrees at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church up in Kelso, Washington. And 23 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. Well, it is the oldest continually running church in Portland. And since its cornerstone was laid back in 1889, St. Patrick's Church has been a sanctuary of faith, hope, family life for generations. St. Patrick's Catholic Church is on the National Register of Historic Places and was built by Croatian and Irish immigrants. 
Well, over the years, different upgrades and repairs have been made, along with some design license to modernize the church. Well, St. Patrick's pastor, Father Tim Furlow, along with the parish, is raising money for a $3 million renovation to restore the church to its original beauty. But with only old photos of some of the original art, it may have proven to be an impossible endeavor. They needed a little help from God. Well, Father Furlow is joining me this morning to share how one phone call led to the discovery of original art that will soon hang again in St. Patrick's. Good morning, Father Furlow. Thanks for joining us today on the Morning Blend. Morning, Brenda. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, Father Furlow, you grew up just a few blocks from St. Patrick's. It seems only fitting now that you're the pastor there. How long have you been at St. Patrick's now? I did. It's kind of wild. I'm only from four blocks uh, from here. Uh, four and a half years. About okay. four and a half years. I've been uh, the administrator and the pastor. Wow. What an amazing parish. And for those of us who's ever, we'll say, made pilgrimage uh, to St. Patrick's, such a beautiful parish. What have you kind of been able to do in those years as pastor that really feels like it's become a focal point for families and young adults and just a really invigorated church life? Yeah, I mean, when I came in, I actually had the blessing of having a a good base layer of young people that met here in college, and they got married, and they had kids, and they decided to stay. And so I have been, by the grace of God, trying to water that garden for the past four and a half years, and uh, it's wonderful. We're full. Probably the median age right now is like 15 or 16 years old. And we got, this year we'll have 60 kids under the age of seven, I believe. Wow. What a blessing. I love the idea of kind of a church filled with the noise of children because, boy, that is beauty to God's ears for sure. And I'm sure to the pastor as well. Father Tim Furlow joining us today. We're going to begin to talk about some renovations, some big plans you all have for St. Patrick's. So tell us a little bit about the renovation. When you came, I presume that you walked into your parish and you went, we've got a little work here to do. What began this whole process? Yeah, I walked in and the first thing I noticed was, hey, how beautiful the church is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's it's built in a style that is much more classical than most Catholic churches in Western Oregon or just around in America. But a lot of the murals were very, very dark. You know, there was just a hundred years of candle soot and other things on them. So some people were calling for a cleaning of those murals. Then I found out that uh, the majority of the murals in the church were actually painted over and that the church used to look much, much different. And that when it was completed, it was the most elaborate church west of Chicago. Wow. That's like a huge chunk of land to make a statement like that. And so I started poking into it, looking at historical photos um, and seeing what it used to look like. And it was just stunning, just absolutely gorgeous. And so I proposed like, well, why don't we just restore it to what it looked like when our great, great grandfathers and great, great grandmothers were here worshiping and building the place and tons of people were on board. Father Furlow, you said some of the artwork was just painted over. Will you have to then recreate those images, or is there a process that's going to allow you to peel away the paint to reveal the old murals? For whatever reason, um, they have been destroyed, Mm. uh, most of them, and so the artwork will need to be redone. And uh, thankfully, that can be 
done by a pretty interesting process in uh, an architectural firm's workshop and then brought to the church and put on the wall as if it were painted directly onto the wall. Well, that's incredible. And thank goodness to have those archives of photos that will help you along with very incredible technical artists to be able to repair that artwork. Now, some of those things, though, well, can't just be as easily recreated. And it seems like a miracle finding is allowing the church to get original styled Stations of the Cross. This story is incredible. Tell us about when you met Kate Chester. Well, she was actually the the solution to uh, a problem, like a, like a question I had had, because the uh, stations that are in the church right now are clearly not the original ones. And even in the best picture we have of the church from the 20s, they're not the original ones. And so uh, I met Kate through a cold call. She called the church and said, hey, I have two of the original Stations of the Cross from St. Patrick's. And so she brought them down, and we looked at them, and she told us the amazing story of them being rescued from the dumpster here at St. Patrick's in the 70s, and somebody having to crawl in there and get them on out, and then other people lovingly protecting them, keeping them for many decades, and finally them ending up back here in their true home. And so I took the whole thing as God saying, uh, keep going. Mm. You know, we were we originally planned this restoration uh, at a time of uh, much more economic fruitfulness. And since there's been a downturn that's affected all of us, it's been a little bit trickier than we uh, initially planned. It's been downright difficult, actually. And so when she manifested with those, I took that as a direct nod from the Holy Spirit, like, no, this is something I want. Uh, Keep going. Father Tim Furlow is the pastor at the beautiful St. Patrick's Church right here in the heart of Portland. He's joining me today as we talk about, well, their new renovations and how a find pulled from a dumpster will allow the church to replace these stations of the cross. So some of the paintings will be redone. And of course, now you have a template for the stations of the cross. What are some of the other upgrades that's going to go into this overall project? The principal upgrade will be um, restoring all of the murals that have been destroyed, but then also the dome. The dome was painted in a very elaborate way to look a bit like the Pantheon. Uh, And there are certain saints that are uh, supposed to encircle the dome. Also, there are many, many hundreds of hours of embellishments painted onto the wall. It was just very elaborate, very, very beautiful. And uh, the big thing that's close to my heart is restoring the two side altars. The two side altars are actually part of a three-piece set. And so thankfully, we still have the beautiful high altar in the middle. Mm -hmm. There are actually two very elaborate, um, very lovely side altars that are supposed to go on either side of those that hold the statues of Mary and Joseph. And so it's our hope that we could also bring those back into the church and create the symmetry that was originally intended. And then, Father Furlough, any ideas or why it was decided that once they went through so much work to bring all of this artwork and beauty into the church, that it was decided to 
change it, to paint over it? Was there uh, reasons behind that? Yeah. Um, the 70s was a tumultuous time, <laughs> you know, like in the world and, and in the church as well. And I think uh, what crept into the Catholic Church was kind of a tacit iconoclasm. There was a real backlash against the physical manifestation of beauty, and things were greatly simplified to emphasize perhaps the community more after a real switch of ecclesiology. Um, and so that was the visual manifestation of that theological change. And the USCCB at the time even issued a document in the 70s on how to whitewash your church, uh, including with before and after examples. So it was definitely in the zeitgeist. Hmm. It was definitely in the mind frame of, of people at the time. And now uh, those of us who are art lovers, especially sacred art lovers, are um, seeking to restore those things. Oh, well, perfect. You would be right in line with the wonderful Pope St. John Paul II, who endeavored in his own restoration projects of beautiful art that had been altered uh, at the Vatican. You're in good company, Father Furlow, and we appreciate your time today. So for those who are listening, maybe want to learn more about this restoration, maybe they have the ability to help you in some way. Where can they go to find out more about the campaign? Uh, if they just go to stpatrickpdx.org, you can watch the campaign video right there and donate online. They're always free to call us up here at St. Patrick's in Portland, and I'm happy to talk to them as well about any details they want. Maybe the best thing to do is just pop in for 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday and kind of see the place and see the community and see if the Lord tugs at your heart to support oh. it. Well, for any of us who have been to St. Patrick's, I'll say it is a beautiful experience, a beautiful Mass, and such a rich community that's so welcoming, and so that in no small part is because of your leadership uh, there at St. Patrick's. And we'll pray, Father Furlow, we'll have you back uh, very, very soon when all of the restorations are done, and we can see a before and after of the sanctuary. Before we go, will you offer us a prayer and your blessing? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you are beauty itself. We ask that we would be able to express you in absolutely everything we do, even in our daily lives. When people encounter us, we pray that they would encounter you and that that encounter would be a communication of your very self, of your healing into minds and hearts and souls. Please bless us all now in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, that is Father Tim Furlow at St. Patrick's Church here in Portland. I will also add a link to the podcast of this interview so you can get right to their webpage and also see that video of the Restoration Project. You're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 825 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this chilly Monday morning. Brenda, you mentioned the Hail Mary Media app. If you haven't done so yet and you'd like to download it, just go to our website. Check it out. It's right on the front page there. It'll give you all the details. By downloading that Hail Mary Media app, you can get access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio and sign up for customized prayer reminders. That's the Hail Mary Media app. It's free. The details on our website at materdayradio.com. 
Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 827 on Mater Day Radio, and with this cold weather, warming shelters are open. We'll have the details in the news. And it is just too big for one day of celebration. National Catholic Schools gets a whole week to celebrate faith, service, and excellence. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here's Matt Marr. All the people said amen. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mozart Day Radio. You are not alone if you are alone.
Matt Marr with all the people said amen. It's 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. Well, in your news, definitely one of the colder mornings of the year. Temperatures are well below freezing in most locations throughout the region. In the 20s and teens, up and down the Willamette Valley, southwest Washington, on the eastern side of the Cascades, Ben checked in at zero last time we looked. That's cold. Multnomah County officials opened additional warming shelters yesterday, increasing the number of overnight beds across five locations to 400, according to a statement from the county. Now, all of the shelters are pet-friendly. Those in need of transportation can call 211 or ride TriMet for free if they can't pay their fare. Around 220 people sought refuge at the shelters, and four people were treated for hypothermia in Portland Saturday night. Clackamas and Washington counties also have warming shelters available. Now, we're not alone with the wintry weather. More than 40 million people from Texas to West Virginia are under a winter weather alert today as a system threatens heavy precipitation, significant icing, and bitter cold. What did I say in Burns, Oregon earlier? Minus nine. Wow. That's cold. That's cold. Mm. Of course, we've got this beautiful, uh, uh, sunny kind of a day. Yeah, don't let that fool you. Yeah. It's chilly out. Well, Pope Francis is set to travel to the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan tomorrow. Both are countries torn and crippled by violence, division, and the festering wounds of colonialism. Now, answering questions regarding security in the two African nations, the director of the Holy See Press Office, Matteo Brunei, said there is no specific threat in either country. Brunei also affirmed that local authorities have put all security measures in place to guarantee the safety of everyone. He noted that the Holy Father will visit the DRC from January 31st to February 3rd and then spend two days in South Sudan with the Archbishop of Canterbury and the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland on an ecumenical pilgrimage for peace before returning to the Vatican. This journey, Brunei added, will be Pope Francis' 40th apostolic visit abroad at its conclusion he will have visited 60 countries Mm, in all wow well this goes right along with pope francis tweet of the day communication in the church has come a long way first monks had to transcribe the bible by hand then came the gutenberg press and now there's twitter it's the pope's tweet of the day and here is pope francis tweet of the day Tomorrow I will depart on an apostolic journey to the Democratic Republic of the Congo and to the Republic of South Sudan. I greet with affection those beloved people who await me. I ask everyone, please, to accompany this journey with their prayers. Amen. Mm. We will always pray for Pope Francis, especially when he makes these trips, and pray for the people who will be touched and inspired by this visit. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, National Catholic Schools Week began yesterday, runs for an entire week. It is annually celebrated in the United States to promote the exceptional education that comes with functioning as a Catholic school. Here in the Archdiocese of Portland, there are three mission and Catholic identity goals that they achieve to. That's what they say. All right. First, every archdiocesan high school and parish elementary school will employ the national standards and benchmarks for effective Catholic elementary and secondary schools, specifically 
the defining characteristics of Catholic schools and the Western Catholic Education Association accreditation process to have a common understanding of Catholic identity. Mm -hmm. Then continue to implement the faith formation program for faculty, staff, and parents. And thirdly, clarify and articulate the expected relationship between Catholic schools and all parishes. So the theme for National Catholic Schools Week 2023 is Catholic Schools, Faith, Service, Excellence. Mm. Oh, you know, just take those three themes and you place them at any Catholic school in the archdiocese and you go, yeah, they're working towards that for sure. Yeah. I think about my time when my kids were at Catholic school and I was, uh, you know, you volunteer for different things. Mm -hmm. You know what I was pretty good volunteer at? What's that? Playground monitor. Were you? Oh, yeah. They had they had a little trouble though with you stealing the balls, didn't they? <laughs> That's right, dunking over the kids. Yeah, come right. on, kids, let's play. <laughs> My it. favorite, I'll say this, and most parents didn't like this, but I always appreciated the week when I was a crossing guard in oh, the parking yeah. lot where yeah. kids would, you know, they have this whole process of you know lining up, getting them out, get the cars moving along, right? Ah. Oh. I loved it. You you enjoyed doing that. I it gave yeah. me uh it it covered the authority needs that I have and being able to control and stop traffic <laughs> in my desired right. uh, pace. But then I got to greet all these kids walking by me right. going to class. It was a good time. I also uh, volunteered as a lunchroom monitor as well. So you ate you, yeah, and the kids I, were going, right. "What happened to my cookie? <laughs> hey, what happened to that? Yeah." <laughs> Well, it has been a tough ride of late for comedian Jay Leno. Literally, Leno announced that he is now recovering from a motorcycle crash that broke his collarbone, several ribs, and cracked both kneecaps. He said it happened when he was test riding one of his prized vintage motorcycles when he noticed the smell of leaking gas. He turned down a side street to pull over, and when he cut through a parking lot, he hit an unmarked wire that was strung across the driveway Threw him off his bike. Ouch. Yikes. Yeah, you may recall that the former host of The Tonight Show was hospitalized in November for burns sustained while working on one of his vintage cars. So Leno was set to return to performing in Las Vegas in March. Wow. Mm. That's a lot of busted up bones. That's tough. Sorry about that, Jay. Well, just after 12.30 p.m. yesterday, first responders were dispatched to a water incident on the North Fork of the Lewis River in Clark County. A boater called 911 and reported that he found a small boat capsized on the river. The caller stated that he had found one male in the water and helped him to shore. The rescued boater said his friend, a 65-year-old male, was also in the boat, still missing. Boats from Clark County Fire and Rescue and Clark County Sheriff's Office Marine Unit responded, along with a boat from Clark Cowlitz Fire Rescue. Deputies used a drone to help with a search from the air, and both banks of the river were searched from the shore by fire and law enforcement. 4 p.m., though, the search for the missing boater was suspended. Officials say Clark County Sheriff's Office will attempt an additional search effort again today. Neither of the two men we're wearing a life jacket. Mm. And thousands of miles away from Memphis, Portlanders felt the effect of Tyree Nichols' tragic death. Small groups of protesters took to the streets Friday night to demand justice as city leaders urged safety and peace. 
More than 100 protesters gathered in northeast Portland near the Oregon Convention Center. The group of protesters ended up under the Burnside Bridge where another group of protesters were honoring Nichols at the skate park as he was an avid skateboarder. Earlier Friday afternoon, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, Police Chief Chuck Lovell, and other local leaders held a press conference and condemned the actions of Memphis police officers involved in the fatal beating of Nichols during a January 7th traffic stop. Nichols, who was 29 years old, died three days later after the incidents. Lovell called the officers' actions shocking and unconscionable, praised the Memphis police chief for quickly taking action in the case. Five of the officers involved in the incident have been charged with second-degree murder and other crimes. Well, in sports, Super Bowl 57 matchup is now set. They always do the Super Bowl 57 in Roman numerals. So what would that be? That's like LV11? Is that 50? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, probably. All I right. can't recall. But <laughs> I think yes. it is. It is it? I think it is. LV11. LV? I, it's because L, L is 50. L is 50. V is 5. And right. two more and is two, seven. Yeah, right. So there you go. LV11. LV11. Thank you. Uh, it will be Philadelphia against Kansas City on February 12th in Glendale, Arizona. The lineup was finalized after yesterday's conference finals. The Eagles won the NFC title in dominant fashion. They trounced my San Francisco 49ers. That was a tough loss. 31 to 7, although I will say San Francisco pretty beat up. They were like on their fourth quarterback, I think. Uh, AFC champion went to uh, Kansas City, the Chiefs. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to on a last-second field goal. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for Kansas City, was hobbled, but, boy, he persevered. And they he ended sure up, did. They won the game. So right now, Philadelphia, last time I looked, they were like a two-point favorite. Okay. So we'll see if that holds up throughout the course of It's a long break now for the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Take a few days, just light duty for the next that's, few weeks, and then sure. yeah, just yeah. slowly build it up. Uh, that's what will happen. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, they wrap up their six-game homestand tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. That tips off at 7 o'clock. Well, according to a recent study from a work a jig Portland is the most creative city in Oregon and the third most creative city in the U.S. Researchers evaluated such as issues, factors such as museums per capita, the number of artists and musicians per capita, and the number of films and music festivals per capita. Now, all of those earn Portland its number three ranking on the list of creative cities, right behind Atlanta at number one and Miami at number two. Cities include Los Angeles, Chicago, and Lansing, Michigan round out the top 10. Because of Portland's reputation for being weird and artsy, Workamajig said that the city is a hub for all types of artists. This is supported by the many events and locations where Portlanders can look at, listen to, or make their own art. Now, outside of places like the Portland Art Museum, Jordan Snitcher Museum, or the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art, there are still several spots around town to look at murals and street art. The Alberta Arts District is one neighborhood that's lined with paintings, and the Portland Street Art Alliance even has a map that helps people find the street art. Now, here's what I would say, though, about this, too, and the the uh, standards for what to work a jig, work a jig, mm-hmm. the online resource. Uh, population's over 100,000. Oh, okay. 
because first thing that came to my mind was like Ashland. Right. I mean, that's a huge art city, right? Well, their population may not have been enough to get them uh, kind of gotcha. into the rankings mm-hmm. there. But yeah, Ashland's a good Was art Seattle city in too. the top 10? Uh, it didn't have it on this list, but okay. I would probably have to look that up. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Coming up February 10th and February 11th is the Arise Women's Conference at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Holy Redeemer invites all women to come for a weekend of reflection and friendship. And speakers will include Noel Garcia, Sue Baldwin, and Diane Boggs. There will be tracks for adults and youth. And there will be scheduled time for Mass on Saturday morning, Eucharistic Adoration, and reconciliation. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, you just had a great interview with Father Tim Furlow, the pastor at St. Patrick's Church in Northwest Portland. We'll talk a little bit more about the great Stations of the Cross story that we had and uh, hear more about it right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Many blessings and hoping you and your family had a joyful Christmas holiday and are ready to kick off 2023. Camp Howard staff are delighted to announce that registration is now open for summer camp at Camp Howard. Visit cyocamphoward.org to register. The number one reason our youth were excited to be back at Camp Howard last summer was the ability to engage in fun activities together with their peers. It's time to give that much needed fellowship, connection and joy to the kids in your life. Campers enjoy the friendship, camaraderie, natural beauty, and sense of freedom that a week at Camp Howard offers, all experienced in a safe environment with caring staff. For more information and to register now, please go to cyocamphoward.org. We are currently hiring camp counselors and officials for CYO Track and Field. You can help spread the word with more information on our website at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you, and may God richly bestow His blessings upon you. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. And it is 8.46 at Mater Day Radio. Had to close the blinds. That so sun is beating bright. in, isn't it? Beautiful sunshine out there today, but it's not going to get too warm. 
Just a high of 39 degrees today. We'll see clouds overnight tonight, a low of 26, and then mostly cloudy again for Tuesday, 41, and then chilly again tomorrow night, 29 degrees. Slowly starts to moderate as we head toward the end of the week, but still going to be kind of a chilly week ahead, so uh, be prepared for that. Well, currently it is a very chilly 24 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. And a cold 20 degrees at Holy Trinity Church in Beaverton. It's good to the last drop. A second cup of the morning blend with David and Brenda. Yeah. Whatever kind of hot liquid. I mean, I almost feel like I would have hot soup for breakfast this morning. (laughs) It's so cold out. Uh, You could have a cup of coffee with all kinds of fixings in it. But yeah, it is cold out there. And remember to just check on, you know, neighbors, make sure Sure. everything's well. Bring your pets in, too. Mm -hmm. It's awfully cold for them uh, this morning, too. And uh, yeah, we're going to got a few more cold days ahead of us here. Uh, before we head into the weekend. So, David, I had a great time talking with Father Tim Furlow, the beautiful St. Patrick's Church. This was an incredible story. In fact, we read it, and I think we talked about it mm-hmm. for a little while, for a few days here in the station, and I was fortunate to be able to get uh, a little time with Father uh, Furlow just last week, and I was able to air our interview today. An incredible story. Yeah, just to be able to find, though they were two Stations of the Cross that uh, Kate Chester, she had. And it, again, if you heard the interview, you'll have to go back and hear the interview because it's you know yeah. kind of the way the story goes. But they ended up back with Father Tim, and they're doing a remodel of St. Patrick's Church right now, a renovation of the church. And it's interesting, too, because when I first came to Portland, moved to Portland— St. Patrick's was the first church I went to. Was it really? Yeah, because we lived right nearby. And so I, I went over there and always thought, wow, what a beautiful church inside. One of the oldest churches. In in Portland. Yeah. I think it's the oldest yeah. in Portland, in that fact. St. Michael's, both of those. It is a, a beautiful church. Now, before COVID, they used to do a very beautiful uh, contemplative a Sunday evening mass mm-hmm. and the lights were dim and there was no music and it was just really beautiful to be able to be in the presence there and uh, uh, yeah it was so exciting this is such an unusual story though that it came while they are working yeah on this renovation project. They've got these big plans and things that have to be done there in the parish. So the uh, Androsky family, this is where it started years ago. I want to say back, I think it said in the 70s, St. Patrick was going through another one of its upgrades. Well, Father Tim said he knew that the stations that are in the church now were not the original ones. Yeah, And they knew it, but they didn't know what was there. And so, well, that's, that's what they had. And the family was cleaning out their home and their son, who was friends with Kate. Mm-hmm. He said, I know somebody who would appreciate these. Right. So he took them to her, the two stations. Now, they said in the story, it was real funny because when the wife, uh, Dodie, when she saw them in the dumpster, yeah, she made her husband climb into the dumpster (laughs) and retrieve those two stations. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sure her husband, uh, when he, she said, get in that, go get those, go get those. (laughs) He probably didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to object. 
it's just one of those things that had to happen. And then now Kate, she was, I believe she's taking a job uh, back east somewhere. It was Notre Dame. I think you're right. Yeah. I think so. A lifelong Catholic. She knew the value of these things. And he said, well, you know, this is what we have. We don't know what to do with them. She firmly believed, and she said this in the article, that these were not my pieces of right. art. But she was going to take care of them for mm-hmm. the time that she had. And then that's when she discovered that they were uh, originally at um, at St. Patrick's. Yeah. By, by the way, if you want to read the article, it was on Oregon Live. It was on Oregon Live. Right. I think here is Oregon.com also picked up the article. Right. And you also can see how beautiful those stations of the cross are. Mm-hmm. So uh, Father said that they have stations now, number two and number 11. No idea. What happened to the others? Right. They don't know if they were still in the dumpster along with those two. But Fa- Father Tim said in the interview, too, is that at least now they have a template. And they believe that they may be able to find, they were manufactured, so they might be able to find the manufacturer of him, those yeah. and maybe find and be able to replace all of them. If not, well, they're going to look and see about how they can get the rest of the stations to match the ones yeah. that they found. That's cool. So I hope that those might be on display over this Lenten season because, boy, we know every Friday the devotion of praying those stations of the cross. It's really important during the special yeah. the Lenten season. So to be able to see those stations 2 and 11 at St. Patrick's during this Lenten season, wow. That would be such a blessing to be able to do that. Pretty special. Yeah, for sure. So uh, please, again, look up that full article, and you can also go to our webpage, listen to that podcast again with Father Tim Furlow. We hope you enjoyed today's very chilly second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Dei Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. 
These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot to start the day on Mater Day Radio. It is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this cold Monday morning. What do we say? Burns minus nine this I would, morning. I can't even imagine yeah. what that feels like. Bend was zero. It's so, <laughs> zero degrees. Sun River was like minus one. So yeah, you get on the east side of the Cascades. Definitely a lot colder, although it's it's cold over here, let's, you know, in the 20s yeah, and teens. Yeah. So it is going to be sunny today, a high of just 39 degrees, though. The winds are a little lighter. It was kind of breezy yesterday, which sure. made it feel even colder. Mostly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 26. And Tuesday, some clouds, high of 41. Tuesday night, 29. And Wednesday night, 32. So really about the next three, four days, the low is going to be right at freezing right. or a little below. Yeah. You know, we know when the clouds are covered, I mean, that the swing of temperatures is only about seven or eight degrees from the low to the yeah. high, basically, of the day. We're looking at a 20 degree difference between yeah, the low overnight and the high during the day. So please stay warm. Right now, I have it listed at 21 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Marie Miller. You're not alone. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Marie Miller, and you are not alone. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend. Tomorrow, the last day of January. <laughs> you better make the most of these two days because January 2023 will be gone forever. Well, say goodbye to January. One Tomorrow, month already in. Into, into February. I've already started and broken my New Year's resolution at least three, four times. <laughs> hey, good for you. Yeah, so I feel like I'm right on track. Well, as Marie Miller just said, you're not alone. I don't think so. Oh, gosh. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend. It is a Monday. That means a new episode of Living Stones coming up this evening with Deacon Harold Brick-Sivers and Ken Hellenius. We've got great Catholic broadcasting all day long. And don't forget to download the Hail Mary media app. You're going to have access to all those podcasts. Have a very blessed day.